Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. We're getting close to Thanksgiving, which means we will have plenty of Thanksgiving coverage coming up. But right now, we have a Thursday night game, one week away from Thanksgiving, actually, to look at. And it is a doozy. And I mean that with zero sarcasm. The Cardinals and the Seahawks are playing. It's a massive game with huge NFC West implications and a huge total as well. Joining me to break it down, the managing editor of Sportsline and CBS Fantasy. Is that the correct title, R.J. White? Uh, more or less, yeah. I just want to get it right. I mean, I don't want to I – mean, yeah. Like, people are like, senior NFL writer. Is that real? Are you really a senior NFL writer? I'm like, yeah. I, it's like, I don't know, man. I didn't, I didn't give myself the title. But, I, yeah, by all means, we want to get it correct. I never know what my title is <laughs> when we worked here. I'm always, I'm always like, yeah, just whatever you say. It's fine. Yeah, they were like, we're going to make you a senior NFL writer. I was like, cool. Does it involve more money there? Not really. I'm like, uh, okay, great. Thanks. At one point, EK made me a senior NFL blogger. No pay raise, just sort of a joke. Just wanted to make me a senior NFL blogger instead of NFL, NFL blogger. It's just a reminder you're getting old when they put the senior on there. Exactly. Um, I'm wearing a toboggan, a poof ball hat, if you will, for this podcast. It's getting cold in North Carolina finally. And when that happens, my office doesn't have central heat. So I wear poofball hats. If you want to see me wearing a poofball hat, go to youtube.com slash pick six podcast. Is that right, Debo? Pick six podcast? Sure. YouTube.com slash pick six podcast. Subscribe. We have all of our videos up there. We may even have me recording from my in-laws as my cousin, as my little nieces and nephews sling cranberry sauce at me over Thanksgiving. So check that out. Hey, Will, let's just, get... just YouTube.com slash pick six. You don't even need to add That's podcasts what I thought. in there. Sorry. Yeah. That's my fault. My bad. Did you have to check it? Been a while. I double checked. That was pick six. My bad. Yeah. YouTube.com slash pick six. Check that out. Watch our videos there. Hit subscribe if you like the podcast just to give us a little bump. Let's get to Cardinals and Seahawks. The Seahawks are a three point favorite minus 160 on the money line plus Cardinals are plus 140 on the money line. The over under a robust 57 RJ. What, uh, is your initial lean to this game? Yeah, I think three is a good number. Uh, Seattle's typically great on Thursdays. They've won eight straight on Thursdays. They're seven, two, and one against the spread in their last 10 on Thursdays. But that against the spread loss came in their last game. And Seattle struggled lately, as we know, with Russ turning the ball over a, a ton. Um, so in those Thursday night games, Seattle won more with their defense than offense. And the defense is terrible lately. So we can't count on that. Um, but Seattle is typically good defending the run. And we know that's how Arizona does most of their work running the ball. Um, I think they can still have success on the ground with their top rush offense. And they will dominate through the air, obviously, against that that bad Seattle defense. So the reason I right number to me, I think the lean should be to Arizona just because of how these teams have trended lately. Um, and I think it's kind of the obvious pick. Everybody will be on Arizona. So the reason it's why, why is it three then? So why, should we be on Seattle? So that's why I'm kind of like a stay away of this game. But if I had to lean, I'd go Arizona. 
Yeah, uh, I would do the same thing. And I think part of the reason why I would take Arizona if I had, a, if I was, if a, you know, with a lean is that, I mean, what's the famous Kevin Clark tweet? The Seahawks have never played a normal game in the history of their franchise. And it really applies to home games and primetime games and especially home primetime games. Seahawk home primetime games are not normal. The Seahawks aren't going to blow out the card. I mean, I don't, I mean, I guess they could, but it seems very unlikely that Seattle is just going to take Arizona to the woodshed and Arizona will say, you know what? We give up. Can't come back against this defense and just lay down and die. That doesn't seem likely. It also doesn't seem likely that the C, that the Cardinals would be able to do to, um, Seattle, what, uh, what Los Angeles did last week, which is just bludgeon Russell Wilson and, and, and shut down the passing game. They don't, you know, Patrick Peterson, no offense to our colleague who has a great podcast, all things covered, had Jamal Adams on recently with Brian McFadden here on the CBS Sports Podcast Network, is not going to lock down DK Metcalf in the way that Jalen Ramsey did. They don't have an Aaron Donald and there are a bunch of defender, defensive players hurt here. So I, if, I mean, if I'm assuming that this is going to be a back and forth shootout, and it's going to be a crazy game. I, mean, I want the points, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't bet it. I think this game actually presents a really good live betting opportunity if you are so inclined and have the free time and the financial freedom on Thursday night. Where bet the dog? If Arizona gets a lead, you bet Seattle is a dog, and you just you can pepper them back and forth or take one big lump shot on each one, whatever you want to do. But you can get plus money on both sides now. You're not going to get a huge profit, but if you could lock in a guaranteed profit on a professional football game, that's a pretty good feeling. I personally will take the over here, and I took it earlier in the week. It actually looks like it might be coming down a touch, like down to 56 and a half, which scares me, but now it's 57. The under juiced to 115 on William Hill. Um, the Seahawks, by the way, juiced to 115 as well, minus three. Uh, I, I just think there's going to be a bunch of points scored here. 57 is a huge number, so that's a little scary. Um, again, live betting here wouldn't be a terrible idea to, if it comes out, starts out slow, maybe jump on that live because you could see plenty of points scored late. Um, but just looking at this game, I mean, I have a hard time seeing how there aren't going to be points scored. I mean, the Cardinals are a little more methodical than Seattle, but they have the sort of, if they want, if they, if Cliff Kingsbury wants it to do it, they have the ability to throw outside and and put up yardage easily with DeAndre Hopkins and Christian Kirk. Larry Fitzgerald, I think, will be involved. And Seattle can't stop anybody in the passing game. Now, if Arizona tries to run the ball a bunch with Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds, that could be problematic for the total. Uh, but I don't think the Arizona will stop DK Metcalf from doing DK Metcalf things or Tyler Lockett from doing Tyler Lockett things. Yeah, Seattle games average about 62 points this year. So it seems like a high number, but you know, the Seattle games typically go over that. Uh, Arizona scored 30 and five straight. They've given up 30 and three straight. So it definitely could get over, but yeah, that number is just a little too high for me to feel comfortable about betting over. So I typically don't like teasing totals because six isn't worth as much on the total as it is in the line. But if you want to tease Arizona up to plus nine and you can get 56 and a half and tease it down to 50 and a half, you're getting under that key number of 51. I mean that Seattle doesn't blow teams out with that defense. You got to figure Arizona is going to keep it within a score and then once you get that over under under 51, you got to think you're going to get to at least 51 with these two offenses. So um, this might be a case where in a standalone game where you do want to tease a total under if you're worried about that, that number being a little too high. For people watching trends, Seattle has lost consecutive games straight up and against the spread. They haven't lost three straight games since against the spread since week one through three of 2017. Wow. They haven't lost three consecutive games straight up within a season since 2011. The year where Russell Wilson's never lost three games in a row in one season. I don't know if I want to back Arizona now. Um, 
I see you still getting the points, but he's uh, never had a defense as bad either. That's true. That is, that is a very good point. Uh, Arizona already won the first game, of course. And that, that's really to me the crux of this. When you think about Seattle, like, Seattle doesn't care about losing three games. In a row. I mean, they do, but they don't like the, the actual aspect of losing three games in a row isn't a problem for Seattle. The issue for Seattle is that if they lose this game, they will be 0 and 3 against the Rams and the Seahawks with one Rams game. I mean, Rams and the Cardinals with one Rams game left to play. That puts them at a very, very big disadvantage in the NFC West. Um, I think I saw that, um, and I don't know, you know what? I probably shouldn't cite ESPN's FBI numbers when we have Sportsline, but I just happened to see this on the television the other day and Seth Walter quoted it. Uh, they, they actually said that Seattle is the favorite to win the division for them because of the strength of schedule. Do you think Seattle is the likely team to come out on top here of the division? Um, it, it, I, I'd have to look at the schedule and break it down, um, to, to be sure, but, um, it's tough for me when they've lost those games, like you said, because it really seems with how tight these teams are, it's going to come down to a tiebreaker. So if that is going to happen, they better win this game because if they don't win this game, they're, they're behind on these tiebreakers, then I don't see how they win the division. Yeah. And looking at football outsiders again, I'm just citing other metrics, not this, not sports because I can't sort, uh, sort through my email that fast. Uh, but. We have Football Outsiders has Seattle with a 38.5% chance to win the division. Third, uh, the Rams 30.4 and Arizona 30.7. The 49ers a 0.4 chance of winning the division. Man, that is, um, that's a, that's a pretty tight race. And I would imagine that if Arizona does win this game, that Seattle's chances come way down. Now, the one thing I say, RJ, sort of being slept on, uh, like Seattle should have pretty easily won that last time they, these two teams met. Like, there's no real reason Arizona should have gotten back in that game, right? Yeah, it's, I think that was the game where the turnover um, uh, difficulty started for Seattle. I think yep. they had, what, three or four turnovers in that game. Then they played a pretty clean game against San Francisco, I think. And then the last two games, they've been pretty awful uh, turning the ball over. So, um, you know, that that was that was part of it, and that was part of the um, the narrative of it. It's like, well, Seattle doesn't turn the ball over, so this is like a one-time thing. But it turns out it hasn't been a one-time thing over the last <laughs> two weeks. They just keep turning it over. So maybe this is who they are. And then, like you've, you've said several times, Russ needs to play perfect for this team to win. And if he's not playing perfect, um, which he hasn't been the last few weeks, then they're in trouble. All right, let's uh, take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about some player props and DFS options. This is Sandra Oreda from Attacking Third, a podcast part of the CBS Sports Golasso Network dedicated to all things women's soccer. With the NWSL expanding to 14 teams, the 2024 season promises to be bigger and better than ever, and Attacking Third will be along for the ride from start to finish. Before that, though, we'll be all over the CONCACAF W Gold Cup, where the U.S. women's national team is looking to clinch silverware on home soil. We'll also be keeping tabs on the winter transfer window, the Women's Super League, the UEFA Women's Champions League, and elsewhere. Coming to you multiple times a week with game previews, recaps, analysis, breaking news, exclusive interviews, and more. Attacking Third is your one-stop shop for the best coverage of the women's game. Download follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found. Make sure you subscribe to Attacking Third. All right, so... A lot of props out there on William Hill. You can go to williamhill.com and you can wager on them. What, uh, what stands out to you immediately, RJ? 
Yeah, I went heavy on Cardinals props here, just attacking that Seattle defense. Um, the, the most likely to happen, Christian Kirk is over 50 and a half yards. DeAndre Hopkins is over 89 and a half yards. That hop number is high, but he averages 95.7 yards per game. Kirk averages 53.4 yards per game. And Seattle is by far last in, in yards allowed to receivers. They've allowed 2,428 yards in nine games, which works out to about 270 yards per game. Uh, so those guys are going to get the bulk of that, that work, obviously. And, and you're only adding up to 140 right now. And, you know, you get to 270 with the other receivers that, you know, Fitzgerald is good, but I don't think he's getting near 100. Um, so I think both those guys are probably going over. Um, or if you just want to take one and be safe, I think Kirk is a great, great option there at just 50 and a half. Um, so that's my first one. And then Kirk to catch a touchdown is plus 175. He's had five touchdowns in three games and then he missed out against Buffalo, a tougher matchup. He just wasn't in the plan as much there. Um, Seattle's given up 13 touchdowns to receivers in nine games. Kirk leads Arizona in receiving touchdowns. I think Hopkins has just four and Kirk has his six or seven. So Kirk at plus 175 seems like a great value to me there. I love the Hopkins numbers and it's high, man. 89 is, uh, that is a 89 or 90, whatever you get it at. That is a stiff number. But you know what? He averages 95.7 yards per game anyway. And when you look at when uh, DeAndre Hopkins has had bad games, I like the over on catches too. I think you should just wait and take it at seven if you can, because six and a half is minus 170. And that is a, uh, that's a substantial number worth noting. He wouldn't have covered his over last week if not for Stefan Diggs' touchdown. The late touchdown by the Bills allowed Hopkins to go over his total, not on the Hail Mary or the Hail Murray. But on the, the pass over the middle, and then, of course, the Hail Mary uh, sent him way up at uh, 127, and he got the seven catches thanks to that Hail Mary. But um, that now gives him seven catches in all but three games on the season, uh, the three games in which he did not have seven catches. In fact, against Carolina, he even had seven catches with 41 yards, which is improbable. Against Washington, eight catches, 68 yards. So he can get there. He doesn't need you know to have a monster game to get the seven catches. The three games he didn't have seven catches – a 20-point win against the Jets where he had six catches, 131 yards, and a touchdown. A 28-point win against Dallas when he was targeted eight times and only had two catches for 73 yards. Um, see a theme? Blowout wins. And against Miami, a close loss. Surprising three catches, 30 yards. But Miami has one of the best secondaries in football. Xavier Howard playing very well. Brian Flores dialing up a ton of stuff. And they just took the focus away from... Uh, you know, they didn't try to lean on DeAndre Hopkins in that game because they sort of understood. I think seven catches is, is a mortal lock here. Ten catches, 103 yards and a touchdown against the Seahawks last time. Like I, I, I know these numbers are big for Hopkins, but why, why would you not play DeAndre Hopkins numbers? Um, what about the rush yards for Kyler Murray? Because I was looking at this last night, actually, while I was up writing my picks this week, which you can find on CBS Sports. Dot com, and it stood out to me that on the season, Kyler Murray is averaging. Well, gosh darn it, I had it a second ago. Kyler Murray is averaging sixty-seven point one rush yards per game. That is a ton. But RJ, when you condense it down to the last four games, he is averaging seventy-seven yards per rush yards per game with eleven point five carries per game over the last four weeks. He has seen his rush volume in terms of attempts jump up and his yards spike up like crazy. And 10 yards above his average and like three or four carries above his average. I think he's sort of, I don't know if he's scr- it's scrambling more. And by the way, the three and one of those games and, and very close loss to Miami. 
don't know if it's scrambling more or just sort of using his legs to get comfortable, et cetera, but he is running a lot more. So I like the over on, uh, his, his rush yards here. He had 14 carries, 67 yards against Seattle last time. And I need to look and see what that anytime TD price is for Kyler Murray. I'm sure it's expensive. It's plus 140. Last time I saw minus 163. No. Well, see, I have uh, on William Hill, the number for over, I think, was 57 and a half. So that seems like it's a decent chance to go over. Um, it's a high number for a quarterback, but Murray isn't a conventional quarterback. But um, speaking of that, anytime touchdown, um, there's a prop that you can kind of multiply your your odds there um, on William Hill. Murray to score and Cardinals to win is plus 280. Um, Murray has touchdowns in all but one of his games this year. That was a loss. Um, so it's pretty easy. Oh, plus 140 was the multiplier on the uh, money line, not on the Murray. Um, so, gotcha. so, um, yeah, instead of, was, yeah. instead of betting one plus 140 on Arizona to win, if you like Arizona, you basically get plus 280 because if Cardinals win, Murray's probably getting in the end zone. So, um, that would be a way to double up your, your profit there. So I like looking at that one as a little bit more of a longer shot, um, at a plus 280 price. I like that idea. Um, his, his minus 163 to score a touchdown is pretty pricey. I think he's probably likely to score a touchdown. I mean, if you look at Murray's, you know, he has a rushing touchdown in every game, but one, every game, but one. And that was the Carolina loss. He just, they just, he just uses his legs in the red zone and he scores. I mean, he's, he's going to be the first quarterback since Cam Newton in 2015 to have 10 rushing touchdowns. Or is he the first quarterback since 2015 to have 10 rushing touchdowns? Either way, the point being is that he, he scores a lot of touchdowns with his legs. So I don't, but I don't know. Yeah. He has 10 now. It's first since 2015. That's crazy. I don't know if you can take him at minus 163 though. I don't hate this prop on William Hill, uh, DK Metcalf and Kyler Murray to score touchdowns plus 175. Yeah, that seems like a good one. There's a, there's a few longer shot specials too when you pair two players together. Um, and they are based around the first touchdowns for each team. You got DK Metcalf first Seattle touchdown and D and, uh, Hopkins first Arizona touchdown is 22 to one. <laughs> Figure those, those guys are probably getting the end zone in this game. So I like that as one. And then Lockett, we know Lockett is banged up, but if he looks like he's going to play, um, you can get plus 4,000 Lockett first Seattle touchdown wow. and Kirk, Kirk first, uh, Arizona touchdown. And we said Kirk is the, is the better, you know, touchdown score of the, of the pair. So if Lockett is playing and he's active, that's a sneaky bet to you to, to have a little 40 to one action that you're rooting for the, for the early part of this game for those guys to get touchdowns. All right. I have an under that, that is a shocking, a shocking under when you look at the number and when you consider the, what you expect to happen in this game, but the under on Kenyon Drake receiving yards. Have you looked and do you know what it is? No. Well, if you had to guess what the total is for his receiving yards, um, probably in the high teens, seven and a half, <laughs> seven and a half yards. And I'm taking the under baby. Uh, he has on the year. Kenyon Drake is not what you would call a prolific receiver. He has eight catches for 38 yards on the season. That's, that's like a bad game for DeAndre Hopkins, a really bad game for DeAndre Hopkins. Um, against Seattle last time, one catch, seven. He does, he has, Four of those, four of those eight catches came in the first two weeks of the season. Since then, he has one catch against Detroit for six yards, one catch against the Jets for two yards, one catch against the Seahawks for seven yards, and one catch against the Bills for nine yards. He has never had, he hasn't had all season long more than two targets in a game. If Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray decide that this is the week that, that, that Kenyon Drake is a receiving back, 
I'll tip my cap to him, but I'm taking the under on seven and a half yards. Um, problem is so, he might just need one catch to get there with his defense. So you, you only need, yeah. I mean, no, no, it's a, it's a dangerous proposition. One, if he catches one ball, it's probably going over. Um, so to recap, we both like the over DeAndre Hopkins yards. Do you like the catches? Uh, yeah. Okay. Over on DeAndre Hopkins catches. We like the Kyler Murray. Find some, you know, if you can find the Kyler Murray plus somebody else scores, uh, Lockett presents great value. DK Metcalf is a lot cheaper, is a lot, uh, less of a payoff, but more likely. And Cardinals win plus Kyler scores. I like the Kyler over rushing yards and I like the Kenyon Drake under receiving yards. Uh, we didn't really mention any Seahawks, uh, Russell Wilson patch yards. It's like 310. That's pretty high. Yeah, I think he gets there, but you know, I was more focused. I think you could just load up on Arizona in this game considering that defense they're playing. Yeah, I agree. All right. Let's get to some DFS. There are a lot of captain options that you will want to consider. Of course, Kyler Murray is the most expensive 19.5. Russell Wilson 17.7 for a captain price. And then DeAndre Hopkins 16.2. DK Metcalf 15.3. And then you have the questionable options. Uh, Tyler Lockett at 14.1 and Chris Carson at 12.6. Who strikes your fancy as a captain option here, RJ? Yeah, Kyler's the most expensive option. I don't care. I mean, Seattle's awful defending the pass. We just said he's probably going to get a rush touchdown. He's going to get however many rush yards. So um, that's your your best option if you're playing like 50-50 or if you just want to lock in a good good captain. It's going to make it harder to to, to build the rest of the lineup. Obviously, you can't uh, play all the options you want to. But um, I think if you just want to go to the safe pick, I think Murray's the guy you got to go with. I couldn't agree with you more. Now, it's going to be chalky, and you're going to have to be unique on the rest of your lineup if you want to be – if you want to win that million dollars by yourself or take down that GPP or whatever it is you enter. But I don't think you can get away from Kyler because of what the Seattle defense offers. Now, if you do go with Kyler, you're then going to have to decide, do I want to, I mean, I think you have to stack him with DeAndre Hopkins, right? Like you have to have, if you have Kyler, you have to have Hopkins. Maybe that not. Kirk. I mean, like I was saying, Kirk has a five touchdown stretch in three weeks before that Buffalo game. He could definitely get to two touchdowns in this game. I think he's your sleeper captain option if you want to try to build a a more you know bountiful lineup with uh with with a lot of the high priced options. Uh, you throw him at sleeper uh, as your sleeper captain at eleven point one, then you can do a little bit more, especially if you can find a few cheaper options to to play. You can stuff you know three really good players in there with him. So I'm trying to build something with Kyler Hopkins and all right, if you, if you went Kyler and Hopkins, would you then rather come back with Russell Wilson or DK Metcalf? I assume Russell Wilson. I mean, you'd love to have Russell Wilson if you can make it fit, but it's just, it becomes really hard to, to make hard. it fit at that point. Yeah. So if you go with Kyler Hopkins and Russ, and then I'm throwing in Zane Gonzalez at 4,200, which I know is probably dumb, but Cliff Kingsbury loves to kick field goals. He, he loves it. I know. I don't know why he likes kicking field goals so much, but he does. Uh, you then have 3,700 to work with. I think DJ Dallas is kind of interesting, although a very frustrating decision by Pete Carroll last week to just feed Alex Collins. Like Alex Collins hadn't been in the NFL in a year and a half, and he's just all of a sudden the feature back in Seattle. Pete Carroll does some of the weirdest stuff, man. Um, so yeah, I don't hate know. DJ Dallas at his price. He's 600 bucks, and he looks awesome when they actually gave him the ball. If you need two options and that add up to um, no more than thirty four hundred, I, I have a uh, or you know what, however the math works, I have two options that add up to thirty four hundred. You can plug into your lineup. Dan Arnold is twenty two hundred. Sure. Arizona has injury issues at tight end. Arnold might be the only healthy option at the position, so uh, you could see him get sneaking a touchdown there, and uh, that'll pay off that. And then Freddie Swain is is twelve hundred. 
Um, you know, Swain's workload ticked up last week. He had four targets. If Lockett's health is an issue, even if he is active, but he, you know, he can't play as many snaps. I think Swain is a plus at that price. So you can put those two guys together. You can put Kirk at captain and you can get Murray Wilson and Metcalf in your lineup. And that actually works. Um, mm. or you can do what you were saying with the Zane Gonzalez thing. Yeah. So I've got a lineup here. Kyler Murray at captain Hopkins, Wilson, Zane Gonzalez, DJ Dallas, and Dan Arnold. I don't hate it. And, I think I get that DJ Dallas didn't get any run last week. It might change this week. You would think that if this is a more up-tempo game, that there'll be less Alex Collins. Like if Alex Collins carries the ball 15 or 20 times, then that under is probably toast. Seahawks are probably going to lose by 20 points too. Um, but I would, I think, I think they go back to some DJ Dallas here. And I think that we could see some Dan Arnold, Zane Gonzalez banging home some field goals. I like this lineup. I might enter this right now. Uh, well, any other different. sleepers or DFS approach? We'll have to see if Carson plays too. I think there was, he was trending toward playing. People thought, um, if that, Carson plays, DJ Dallas is off, obviously. Yeah, that, that he might not get as much of a workload if he's still not a hundred percent. Um, I don't know what Carlos Hyde status is, but maybe he plays and then all of a sudden, you know, you're, you your traditional options at running back in Seattle. So you're kind of screwed on, on Dallas or a, or a Collins kind of guy. Yeah. So yeah, monitor that. I already entered the lineup. I'm sure I'll remember to check it before kickoff. Mm-hmm. As I do every week with my fantasy lineups. Um, yeah, the other one option to point out that's relatively cheap is David Moore at 4,800. Yeah. He's four touchdowns on the year. He has at least 48 yards in four games. This is a pretty good uh, matchup for him. You know, they're going to focus on stopping um, Metcalf and Lockett's hurt. So I think he's a good value for his price at 4,800. If you need somebody in that mid range and you don't want to go with a kicker, I like it. All right. That's the, uh, that's the show. A lot of options for DFS, a lot of options for props and some actionable betting advice for myself and RJ White. RJ. As always a pleasure, buddy. I will talk to you tomorrow when we do our best bets podcast. Make sure and go to sportsline.com slash join. Use promo code white. Get your first month for a dollar. Get all of RJ's picks. He is the, the uh, human, the walking human flame emoji at the moment. It's the UEFA Champions League on Paramount Plus. Europe's top club soccer tournament. Champions versus champions. The best teams facing off in the knockout rounds. And it all takes place. While you're filling out financial reports at work. In the middle of your day. In the middle of your week. So use that second screen. Call in sick. Do whatever you gotta do to tune in Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Nobody watches the UEFA Champions League like us. Stream every match live exclusively on Paramount Plus.